Thanks for tuning in to What is the Point? This podcast is tailored for those navigating their 20s and 30s who want to end up somewhere on purpose. We promise to keep the conversation real and honest as we ask ourselves this question. What's the point in all the different facets of our life? It's our desire that you would gain practical handles to these deeper questions we ask ourselves every single day. So with that being said, let's hop into this week's episode of What is the Point? All right. Well, welcome to another episode of What is the Point? And what is what is the riff? What is the riff? Can we? <laughs> this is, is like. Wait, 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 wait. We have that copywritten. Oh. <laughs> All right. Well. This is this it's is the like, crossover that everybody's been. That's crossover. exactly it. This is oh, like when two word. episodes of your favorite shows. Hannah yeah. like Montana me. and the Sweet Life of Zach and Cody. Oh my! I word. wasn't gonna go that route. I was going like Chicago Fire. <laughs> I was gonna <laughs> go. <laughs> yeah. You know. <laughs> I was gonna go Grey's Anatomy Private Practice type of deal. Well, you Station are. 19. You guys are older. So. Wow. I'm like I'm like Hannah's dad. This is kind of fun. Who who is who is that? Billy Ray Cyrus. Billy Ray Cyrus. Yeah. Thank you, Breaky Heart. Heart. Oh, yeah. Showing up on a cruise with my family. <laughs> so then we are on Sweet Life. I wish you had your mullet. I wish you had your mullet. Yeah. So, obviously. Is that what happened on the episode? <laughs> no, but it should. Like, <laughs> it would be awesome. That would be great. So, you've heard a couple voices already. We're here with our uh, usual suspects, Will and Heather. Why well, got to be a suspect? Side yeah. note. Dang, I don't know if that can was a movie that? recommendation, but one of the best surprise endings of any movie is Usual Suspects. I've heard that. You've not seen it? Not seen it. No, I would watch it on mute. But, <laughs> oh. but so you want me to read the subtitles? No. No. <laughs> no. Just just watch the end. It'll change just everything. The end. You're not going to know what's going on. All right, let's start recording now. Yes. No, totally, totally, oh, totally, oh, totally, no, totally, no, totally. I, totally. Rec- I saw it no. on the airplane, so Sorry. I don't even know. No choice. You had to watch it. <laughs> The other voice that is, you're like, why is that so familiar? And I feel like I should know that voice. That is Dr. Reverend J. Joe. Wow. He's here with us today. Yeah, I hope it's a familiar voice. If not, let's make it familiar. <laughs> I love it. So obviously, you, you've, if you've listened to What is the Point, then you've probably heard of The Riff, which uh, drops every week, Monday morning. One of my uh, favorite Monday morning traditions is listening to that. Is that for real? Absolutely. On the car ride in. So what I like to what I we like, are fans of favorite, the riff favorite episode. Let's prove this. Favorite episode. And there's one where you had this then, amazing Karis master on. I don't remember I, what yeah. happened in it. Yeah, he, listens Alvarez, he listens to Alvarez. his. He listens to his. Just over get the and ratings over. up. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. No, click, that's click, what click. you got to do. That's what you got to do. I've got a couple real bots. popular in South Central Springfield. <laughs> couple bots uh, running through. <laughs> oh, unbelievable! But uh, no, what we want. One of my favorite things is hearing your riff on. On uh, just topics and questions, and all of us as we're kind of navigating our faith journey, uh, I think we look up to you in so many different ways. And so, love, we, we've got some questions that uh, you are unprepared. You don't know, no. So you're, you're just here to riff, which it, I love. It's because I have an adversity towards preparation. So <laughs> we, we've built an entire podcast on that. So. <laughs> It's just one of your core values, and I love it. And uh, so, I mean, one one quick question uh, that I have just just before we get into it is, how in the world did you get so good at pickleball? I just don't know what was that. Uh, I don't know how that I'm really good at it. The key is comparison. So I just make sure I bring people who aren't good at it. And we played Friday, and um, (laughs) no, honestly, March, you were good. You were good. You were probably the second best person there. 
So, oh wow, perfect. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> John's Thank you. just fishing for compliments. He just wanted that yeah. one. <laughs> I am a paddle guy. I can't believe you didn't say second best, but I mean, we'll, I did say second we'll, best. We'll we'll I can't believe I you said it. Best. Yeah. So, oh, I mean, we'll, 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 do you think we'll you're better than me in pickleball? I don't know. I can't. One could not say. I think we should do a video episode. I agree. I agree. Have to have questions. Will and I can judge. We can judge. We can moderate. I wasn't judge. There's a scoring system. It's Re- not like ref. a day. I don't know. Ref we can ref. We don't, uh, <laughs> well, isn't it like, oh, that ball was in or There's that ball subjective. was out? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. You call it's them Will and I just That's really need a roll. Yeah. Yeah. We can. <laughs> okay. Okay. Just Cheer. commentate. We commentate. Oh, commentators. We'll commentate. Yeah. That's, I like that do, better. Do people talk softly like golf? Like, oh, now he's up. Or tennis? Like, uh, oh, John Mark's with the serve. I think you clap like that, though. Do you? Wow. I'm more of a. Boom. Nick Curious. Yeah. No, he'll trash talk a little bit. Yeah. Try to get in your head. It will work. Yeah. Tie him on basketball. Yes, you should. Okay, we got questions. So it's a God-given gift to answer your God, question. It, anyway, just God, board with it. Let's go to That's what I needed to know. Uh, time was I heard it? you. I heard you. Uh, I heard you like uh, trading cards. What is this? What is this? Yeah. This um, fascination if with trading cards means trading for your money. Yes. <laughs> um, so, like, I like sports cards. Trading cards is like what Napoleon Dynamite, nineteen ninety-seven <laughs> cards. Um, so no, it's sports cards. I like basketball cards, football so cards, not Pokemon basketball cards. cards. Okay. I'm not, not collecting them all with Pokemon. I'm not doing any of that. But yeah, love, love cards. And the only reason I love cards is because I love the money that cards produces for me. I like to flip cards. And um, so right now I'm on a kick with Mickey Mantles. I'm finding a bunch of Mickey Mantles. I'm buying them on the low and I'm selling them on a little less low. And it's good. <laughs> And that way I can give more to missions. Don't judge the heart of it. It's the heart of it. He saw the look I gave. Whatever it takes for the kids. That's what I do, man. That's what I do for my two kids. I do whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. No, that's no, I do like hearts. That's awesome. Okay. Well, I have a question. I've been dying to ask this for a long time. Um, are Christians allowed to cuss? Hey, and let's no, hold on, hold on. Why would you ask that question? Well, yeah, that's, well wow. I've just, a lot of people have asked me. Oh, and totally. Totally. And I'm just, you know. Like, kind are of, you a Christian? Why do you do that? I'm, oh, okay. I'm the yeah. liaison yes. between. Heather, yeah. I follow you on social media. Oh, no. So I would say, I hope that's allowable. Because if not, I'm going to miss you in the pearly gates. Uh, oh, no. Wait, do you really? I do. That's horrifying. Yeah. I'm so sorry. So, um, so here's the deal. Are Christians allowed to cuss? Um, not in the house I grew up in, um, and rarely in the house that I currently live in. Um, but, uh, I don't, I don't think that that's one of the core tenets of faith. It's a cultural deal. Mm -hmm. I would say, uh, you know, uh, uh, I don't, I don't think it is a sin, to break a cultural norm, but at the same time, I think you ought to think: Am I being vulgar? Um, am I being offensive? And you know, just kind of go from there. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to create vulgarity images in somebody's <laughs> mind. So, if I feel like I need to be a lot more expressive than a normal word, you know, trying to find something that's not vulgar. But um, and it's hard for me to get like really big on it if I lead off this episode with recommending usual suspects. So, <laughs> so leaving out, leaving out. And I like it. Yeah. Just time and a place. Right? Can we just like unnecessarily censor him? Make it explicit. I think, honestly, I think worship songs bleeped out to make them sound terrible. I think that would be a hilarious video. So... <laughs> 
Lord, I give you my. <laughs> you're like, what? Yeah, so anyway, that's terrible. So Heather, yes, um, uh, you you are forgiven. Thank you. Yeah, the <laughs> Lord is still working on me. Here's what I would say. I would I would grant you five cuss words a month. Okay. Wow. Use them sparingly and use them strategically. That's actually such a good yeah. idea. Yeah. yeah. That's five? such a good idea. Yeah. A month? Now, I am trying to get better. Five a month? Better at more or better at less? <laughs> you know, depends on the day. <laughs> no, yeah. no I, I think let's not be vulgar in our communication um, and uh, let's be polite. But Love it. Sometimes good. you just got to be... Ex- Expressive, totally. which I think uh, this kind of leads to the more of the meat and potatoes of what we want to talk about today, which is I feel like one of the things you do so well is you balance um, a, a lot of a lot of uh, pastors will rail on culture and how we need mm-hmm. to be separate and different and uh, set apart from it, which I think that there's good values in that. Uh, but you do such a great job of managing that tension between culture and Christian values and. Uh, where there's overlap, where there isn't. Some would say there's none. Uh, but how do you balance that as um, uh, kind of where you're at in your faith journey and also where you're at in leadership? Uh, Which is the general question. Right. I, I believe that, you know, Scripture says that we are ambassadors, right? And so if you, if you break that down is, if I'm an ambassador on behalf of the United States, which is an official representative from one place to another land, um, uh, it's a poor strategic move to rail at the Netherlands, right? If I'm an ambassador <laughs> to the Netherlands, I'm like, that just doesn't make sense. Now you're not an ambassador, you're a perceived enemy. Mm-hmm. And, and so an ambassador though is there, I am there to make good relations and represent the, com- the country that sent me, right? And so if we're ambassadors to uh, the year 2022, um, we're not offending the uh, the sending uh, group of <laughs> the sending crew if we make this culture our home. Now at the same time, I've got to represent the norms, the values of my my sending institution, and then figure out a way to blend that in my culture without railing against it. So, bottom line is is this: we live in most people listening probably live in America in 2022. Is this is our place? We ought to be uh, we ought to be very much involved, integrated in this culture, um, and we ought to be able to bring the kingdom values and hope uh, into this culture. So really quickly, like, like one, one like I think, really cool story of um, how this played out in the old days. Like in, I think in the second century or third century AD, um, you know, uh, Rome, it was not illegal to kill, uh, or it was illegal to kill babies, but it wasn't illegal to abandon babies. So everyone abandoned babies because the loophole was, I'm not killing them. Mm-hmm. Right? I'm just letting them get killed by nature. And so what Christians did, instead of railing against the Roman government and having a petition, they just started showing up at all these abandoning sites mm. and taking in these kids, taking care of them. And eventually the way they weren't raging and railing, but the way they loved with kingdom values, these people who were discarded, these kids, it became a new cultural norm. The Roman government eventually outlawed abandoning your baby because they saw how loving it was to take care of them. And mm-hmm. so I think that's a great example of not wrangling against something you feel is broken, but just reflecting something that is whole and just believing that transformation happens best uh, when you're integrated. So I would encourage every person, integrate in your culture, uh, take jobs of influence, uh, engage, and, and do it in a way that has the, the kind of values that make people wonder why you are so loving. 
And, and I think practically speaking, um, how, how do you do this in, okay, so you take 2022 culture, you take yep. hot topic issues like maybe abortion, maybe LGBTQ, maybe, um, I don't know, uh, gun laws or even something like legalizing weed. How do you take something like that and look at it through a biblical lens in a way that, um, you know, you're not... You're not necessarily adding in your own agenda, but you're you're doing kind of what you talked about. How do you how do you love in that way that you're not railing, um, but you're you're stepping up? All right. I think I think you try and uh, for me, I try and make sure I'm not um, trying to make the Bible clear when it's not, and I'm trying not to make the Bible muddy when it's clear. <laughs> so uh, there are principles that are clear in Scripture that I have convictions. That means this is my interpretation of scripture, right? Whether it's about how I value life or how I value relationships. So there are convictions. I need to understand there are other people in Christendom that might have different convictions and they get it from the same source Mm -hmm. because it might not be crystal clear, right? Um, And so I have to have strong convictions personally, dripped in incredible love, that's the command that's clear in scripture, and then um, not assume everyone sees it the way I see it. So um, now here's where it's different. I'm not going to have a preference that goes against what I interpret scripturally and try and ignore the scripture. Um, I've got I've to have a scriptural-based conviction, but then I have to understand it's a conviction, not a commandment. And the difference is if I try and make everyone else have the same convictions of me, I'm trying to, uh, I'm, 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 that's when I'm railing. And so mm-hmm. bottom line is search the scripture. If you're confused about a hot topic, what does the scripture have to say about it? And if you find yourself getting uncomfortable with your views because of what you find in scripture, you probably have to align mm-hmm. or dial it down. If you find yourself with room to disagree, then, then maybe dial down your rhetoric and you don't even have to dial down your personal convictions. So have strong convictions. Let them be based on scripture. Um, and then, and then let, let be the loudest thing be love. Um, so how did you get there? I mean, is that just something you're, again, born with it? You just had those skills? Or is that something you're like, I just did it wrong a bunch of times? and Or I got feedback? Or I've just continually challenged mm-hmm. myself? What does that look like? Uh, born with it, just like pickleball. I was born with that. <laughs> it's like a ball. Just great skills. discernment. Just got um, it. <laughs> yeah. um, no, I think, I think that, uh, one, I've, I've, had, I've actually had, for the most part of my life, a healthy model of, of Christianity. Obviously, there's knuckleheads that... Uh, put the name Jesus or paint a cross on what they do. But um, for the most part, for me, it's been pretty healthy. And um, and I've also been wrong enough to know that um, I'm probably not done being wrong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so with that, that comes humility. Um, man, if, if, if I went back 20 years, what I believed strongly 20 years ago um, some of those things I've changed what I believe and some of those things I'm embarrassed at how I communicated what I believe that mm-hmm. I still believe. And so what I need to understand is everybody around me is, should be treated with dignity and love. We're all on a journey and I need to be incredibly kind and loving first and foremost. Secondly, hold, um, 
uh, hold everybody else's decisions loosely, mm-hmm. hold my own reflection of scripture tightly and just be loving. So I, I think, I think it's just being wrong helps me being humble and then staying curious to say, okay, I, I don't know how this lands. Now I'm never like talked out of conviction because it's not popular because <laughs> Jesus's message wasn't popular at the time. Right? So I never let the culture indicate if this is a conviction for me, but I let the culture be a measuring rod of how loving I am reflecting my personal conviction from scripture. So I think you start with scripture and then if it, and, and then play it out really loving in culture. So I, I don't know. Yeah. I, I got a question. I want to, yep. so just going off what you're saying, how this is something you do very well. You bring people to the table. Like I've never like seen anybody give tough truths, but in a way that both sides of the fence are like, you know what? I want to lean in and hear more. Mm-hmm. Uh, so how do we do that? And like, what is your mindset in bringing people to the table when it comes to these polarizing issues, when it comes to yeah. culture, when it comes to all of that stuff? Yeah, I, I think I think my, my number one passion is for people to experience Jesus and, and to create a safe environment for people to do so. And I think a safe environment is defined by not a um, an echo chamber where we're surrounded by people who have the same thought, but it's a think tank. It's we're allowed to think differently, um, have have different opinions, have different um, uh, voices in a conversation. So, so for me, the the most important factor. Um, uh, I think for anyone who wants to be able to invite anybody to the table is, is just to lower the expectations you have of people into the conversation. Um, uh, uh, eliminate my responsibility of the decision that someone around me is going to make. Like I don't feel any personal responsibility for anybody else's decision. My responsibility is give them a chance to think about scripture and think about Jesus and, um, and I have zero concern of my association. I'm not concerned if people walk away and be like, I'm not sure if he believes the way he should believe. I'm fine with that. I'm all right. <laughs> I'm all right with you wondering if I'm correct or not. Mm-hmm. Um, I just want you to have a hard time shaking the fact that, man, I feel like you were loving. And I feel like it's harder for me to shake this topic because of the way you interacted with me. So I would encourage you, whether it's in a, in a university setting, whether it's in a work setting, uh, whether it's in a family setting, to live and love in such a way um, where people have a hard time dismissing you. Um, and, and here's what's crazy. I think sometimes scripture is so countercultural, it's easy to be dismissed. So let's live our lives in such a way. Our lives are our lives are so attractive. Even this archaic scripture has to be chewed on, right? Mm. So yeah, I think it's all an attitude. Amazing. I have so many questions actually, but I'm like, which route do I want to go? Um, <laughs> you got Jeremy here. Like this is a gold mine <laughs> <know>. moment. <laughs> I think I'm just going to stick with can Christians fill in the blank. Yes, yes, no, no, and sometimes. I will. <laughs> Eight ball it. <laughs> I won't do that. Um, Christians can't eight ball. Okay. <laughs> that's, that's one of the no's. That's, that's, one of the that's no's. not one of the tools okay, we'll, of prophecy. We'll pocket that one. Uh, that covers some of my other questions and <laughs> knowing that. Um, yeah, I, I think, you know, our, you know, we talk about the riff, right? And I think we have like different audiences there, right? On this podcast, we talk a lot to um, young adults, right? Those kind of navigating life in their 20s yeah. and 30s. Um which we all know is just such a pivotal time in life. So 
Um, I, I guess, you know, one of my questions is just thinking back to your 20s, your 30s, not that long ago, right? Oh, no, yeah. Just, um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe just like what you wish you knew um, or what you wish you could tell yourself or maybe do differently. And this could be spiritual. This can be, I mean, you can take that any way that you want, mm-hmm. but just knowing that that's kind of who typically, right, listens to this, um, kind of just what would you say to those um, kind of navigating life in their 20s? 20s and 30s? Yeah, I think um, one, one big uh, struggling uh, tension point for a lot of people, and it doesn't uh, end when you're, you know, you reach 30 or when you get married or whatever, um, big life moment, is this question of what am I supposed to be doing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think careers are overrated. Um, <laughs> no, what I'm not saying is employment is overrated. I think. <laughs> I think it's a great idea. <laughs> we, we might we agree on right that. here. We got two right here. Um, but I think I think career careers are intimidating. You're like uh, a lot of times when you graduate high school, the number one question is, "What are you going to do next?" Right. Like and you're like, "I don't know. I just know what I'm not going to do." Yeah. That's high school. Okay. Um, <laughs> you, you, maybe maybe it's like okay, you get this job. How long you want to be at this job? Um, uh, you're going to go to college. You know, what are you going to major in? And th- these are. They feel like life-defining moments. And, and what I would say is this is the difference between your career and your calling is your career is simply how you how you express a calling. A calling is bigger than any job. A calling is why were you put on this planet? I believe that God has designed you with gifts. He's designed you uh, with purpose and how you take the gifts that, that, that light you up and serve in a way that lights someone else up. Mm -hmm. Um, when you can figure out a way to do the thing that you can do and get fulfillment out of and do it in a way that adds life to someone else, that's your, that's your calling. That's your purpose. And, and it doesn't have to have a, a Christian organization, the upper left-hand part of your paycheck. It doesn't need to sound spiritual. But bottom line is my purpose is how do I bring life to someone else in a way that brings life to me at the same time? Then if you can figure out a way to get paid to do that, do that, okay? <laughs> um, but you don't need to. It's just such a small window in human history mm-hmm. where you can even get paid to do something noble like that, right? Mm-hmm. And so but bottom line is I would say figure out a way to serve others, turn the arrows out, because if you feel like, okay, my career is about what lights me up, what makes more money, what makes more sense, um, I promise you, I meet with a lot of people in their 40s and 50s who are still chasing that arrow in and it never mm. fulfills. So what I would say to anyone in the 20s, and I'm so glad I stumbled into this in my 20s, is my calling is to be a voice of encouragement um, uh, to a generation of people. And, and what that meant for me is, is it didn't change necessarily what I did, it changed how I did it. So mm. if, I was, if I was working um, as a youth pastor, I would say, okay, I need to make sure whatever I'm doing is a voice of encouragement. If I was working as a school speaker, as a, as a leadership coach, as a lead pastor, whatever it might be, is I figured out how to let my career be a canvas upon which I paint my calling. So I would say to everybody, why are you here is don't wait for God to call you into something special. You were born into something special. That was your invitation. Now take what you do and do it in a way that serves others. And that's a calling. And then um, it doesn't matter what you do as long as you never take a paycheck that diminishes your calling. And Mm -hmm. that's why I do what I do right now. I would quit tomorrow. I really would if I was convinced I had an opportunity to do my calling in a way with more impact somewhere else. It's not about a job. It's not about a career. My stewardship of my life is how do I maximize my calling? Mm -hmm. So that's what I would encourage every 20-year-old. 
I love that. And we do talk about 20s and 30s and um, really what we do now propels us into our 40s and 50s. It kind of shapes who we are in some sort of way. So just thinking through that lens, what are some muscles you flex? What are some habits you developed and instilled in your life that maybe you did them when you were younger? Maybe you wish you did them when you were younger that has propelled you into kind of the person or the follower of Christ that you are today? I think one is reflection, intentional reflection. And I would challenge uh, everybody who's listening, if you've not yet done this, take an hour out and and go and sit somewhere quiet, or maybe for you, it's sit somewhere loud, whatever it is, helps you focus and think, okay, what part of your life in the last year do you feel like, man, that really lit you up? I mean, this was good. This was meaningful. What part of your life in the last year have you brought meaning to others? And really reflect it. And, And if it's not a long list, um, I think that should be a red flag. And it doesn't mean you're a bad person. It means you're untapped. And it is time to say, what can I do in this next year to be able to put myself in an environment where um, I'm, I'm inspired by what I'm doing? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's, not, it's nothing about uh, paycheck. So, so reflection, intentional reflection is something I try, I try and do that weekly. And it's not always exciting. Sometimes it's frustrating. Like I'm like, ah, right now I don't know that I'm doing a great job at my purpose. I don't feel like I'm seeing measurable results. And it doesn't mean I change what I'm doing, but it means I bring more intensity and intentionality to my purpose today that I don't want to waste a week. So have intentional reflection of purpose defined by what's meaningful to you and what's meaningful through you. Um, I also think um, meeting with people, and they don't even need to be cool, meeting with people early on in your (laughs) life who've had success in their past where you want to have success in your future. The worst people to take advice from are people who are blindly trying to discover it along with you, okay? Mm -hmm. Um, And they're great friends. They're great encouragers. They'll get you somewhere faster. You just don't know where they're going to get you, okay? (laughs) So what you want to do is find someone who's had success in finances, find someone who's had success in relationships, find someone who's had success in whatever area you want success, and then listen to them. And here's here's the the truth. It's going to sound different than what you currently do. Mm. And so then you've got a decision. Do I want want a different result? Um, And if so, I got to be willing to do a different, have a different process. And so I would have intentional mentoring moments. And again, um, that might be a book you read. That might be a conversation you have. That might be, I have to pay them. I have to provide a dinner for them to get a 30 minute chunk of time. But I would do that now. I would do that now. Find someone, find a way to get access um, and and do those couple things. I love that. And... (laughs) Here's what I, I know I'm going to love this next part too. Uh, we just wrote down a few Jeremy-isms that you use. <laughs> oh. And we just want some more clarification on yeah. some of them. <laughs> Give us a, right. um, and, yeah. and I just want you to riff, you know, on, yeah. on however yeah, yeah. you came up with this or, okay. or how it how it could be used in a sentence. Um, I like <laughs> Use it in a sentence. I like attack water gun or attack hell with a water gun and win. Give, ah. give me that. Yeah. Here's the deal. I want to be... I, I used that this morning in my coffee right before this, okay? <laughs> um, here's, what, here's what I believe by this. 
I want to be so fired up in the purpose and the power that God has given me. I'm going to take on something that's way bigger than I can do on my own. And I just, I have a confidence, not my ability. I have a confidence in who sent me and the power that he has given me that I'm going to go for it. Like I'm going to attack water, hell with a water gun and win. I don't care. I don't care how big of a task it is. I'm going for it. And, and that means this is if I'm, if I'm sent to uh, like answer a broken system in our community, go for it. Like I'm going to be the one educator who, who changes the system. I'm going to be the voice for those who have none. And I don't care how daunting the task is uh, with my gifts that God's given me and God's power that he's put in front of me. We're going to talk what are going to win, baby. Let's do this. <laughs> <laughs> I, I also have another favorite. This one's not as cliche. Um, two strokes and a poke. I don't know what you're talking about. I, oh. No, I do. I do. Oh, I, do. Okay. I, I was do. like, this is awkward. Um, I did not. I did not. Um, here's the deal. Is no you don't want to be Pokemon, okay? Pokemon is the is the dude who's who like, you don't want to be the one who's always saying something negative, but at the same time, you you want to value health over harmony. Sometimes you've got to disrupt what feels peaceful to be able to make a wholesome product, right? And so if it's a work situation and you've got to bring some challenge, or if it's a relationship situation, there's a challenge. You want to be able to address it. You want to be clear of, hey, this isn't working. This isn't. This is not bringing about the desired results we all want. Okay, but in order to do that, come on, encourage someone. So maybe I'm going to encourage a couple things about you. A couple strokes there, okay? And then, hey, while we're in a good mood, uh, <laughs> hey, do one thing, not a big deal, uh, but maybe a, maybe a growth opportunity for you. So I'm going to give you two strokes and a poke. Now, um, I feel like now I've the been problem is, I don't know if I would use growth opportunity. But yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, I think this whole phraseology could be updated. To be honest with you, phraseology. um, But that's what it's supposed to mean. Is is the people say that you need seven words of encouragement for every word of discouragement? Um, And I know that's true for me when I'm on the receiving end. So I don't even know if two is the magic number. It's probably seven. And once I realize there's a predictable pattern, I'm going to ignore the first seven things you say, and I'm going to go. Just hit me with a poke, man. Right. Too funny. Too funny. You have a Jeremyism? Oh, I have several. Yeah. I think one of my favorite ones, and maybe this was just something that you just said in one sermon, and maybe you wouldn't consider this a Jeremyism. Hmm. Um, but I think you'll you'll be able to take it and run with it. Um, you said when it comes to a fresh start, tomorrow is the busiest day on the calendar. Do you remember uh, saying that? Yeah, absolutely. Love that. You yeah. want to walk us through that one? <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, inspiration is all around us. Application's the magic step, right? Mm-hmm. And so so for, you know, inspiration's overrated. Now, it's a short-term fuel. It's great, but if we don't take advantage of it, um, it's gone. And so that's why we're always saying, hey, that's a great idea. Um, I'm going to change my life and I'm going to I'm gonna do it tomorrow. That's why also <laughs> the same same idea is the most valuable land. And there's some valuable land uh, around us and around the world. But the most valuable land is a cemetery because with that person that's been buried, all the dreams and aspirations mm-hmm. that they were going to do tomorrow are buried with them. And mm-hmm. so I would say, um, you know, tomorrow's overrated. Do something today. Um, <laughs> you know, we, we, we've all know that we're not promised tomorrow and, and we can't, you know, we can't do everything today, but we can do something today. So that's, that's uh, if it's not a Jeremyism, it ought to be, <laughs> which should be a Jeremyism as well. It is now. <laughs> if it's not a Jeremyism, it ought to be. It is now. <laughs> No, I I know we talked about just culture and Christianity and how you balance it so well. And one of the things that I know we're still supposed to be on Jeremyism, so I, I kind of <laughs> just switched it, whatever. Uh, but I I love that's that you're such a willism. You're all <laughs> switching <laughs> a willism. 
Yeah, whatever. Um, it's your show, man. Do yeah, whatever. Like. <laughs> whatever. Uh, no, but I love that you're, I feel like you're always learning. And you always have that posture of just learning and reading. And I know like even the tough topics, the hot button issues, like I see a lot of people study really hard when they're popular and they care about these things when they're popular. And uh, when it dies down, it dies down within them. Mm -hmm. They don't really care about it. But I know me and you have had conversations offline where it's like whatever that topic looks like. You're still learning. You're still reading. Oh, I read this book. Well, I've researched this. I'll get, and it's not, not it's not in the main media or anything like that. So that's not really a Jeremyism. I'm just like, where, why, why is it so important for you just to continue to learn and to to have that posture all the time? I, I believe if we if we foster curiosity, right? Um, sometimes education could become an arrogance. And you even call it a terminal degree, right? Like you're done learning in this area. And it's just such a, such a, a poor way to look at education um, information. If I have certainty, and we talk about this a lot on the weekends, is certainty is overrated. Confidence is great. I have confidence in who I am and what God's doing. But I don't have certainty. I have a lot of more mm-hmm. questions. And so when, when I see there's disagreement or it's not an obvious answer, instead of like picking up a sword and saying, you're wrong, um, I've just learned again out of the ugliness of arrogance that's come out of me in the past um, uh, and being wrong, um, learned instead of picking up a sword and fighting and saying, no, this is the way I see it. This must be correct to say, man, I'm, I'm fascinated that I don't see it that way. Can I learn more? And sometimes I'll read all the things someone else is reading and I don't land where they land. And I'm fine with that. It doesn't make me more arrogant. It makes me understand. So like, so I might, I might say on a topic, a hot topic, say, okay, I'm, I want to know how does someone land there? Is it just their biography? Okay. Mm -hmm. And that's how they landed there. Or maybe they've had some learning and experiences that helped them get there. I want to learn that. I want to know what it's like in your shoes. I might know what it's like in your shoes, read all the books and still disagree. But now I care more. I, I, I've, I have a lot more dignity and appreciation because I see how you landed there, even though I don't land there. But a lot of times I'm like, oh, the reason I landed where I landed is because I didn't even know there's more information. So I just think there is no loss in learning. And whether it's about religion, whether it's about race, whether it's about um, socioeconomics, whether it's about sexuality, I want to know what other people are thinking, how they thought there. Um, it might not change what I think, but it'll change how I approach. Mm-hmm. And, and that's a win. And if it changes how I think, because now I was exposed to new information and I can see it better and I can land at a more educated a spot. I'm game. Okay. So I just don't see how you lose. And I think it's fear for a lot of people. Like if I see something different politically um, and uh, fear says, I'm just going to fuel what I already believe and become louder. And that doesn't Mm -hmm. make you love Mm -hmm. is what you need to do is say, okay, man, I'm so hurt and confused that it's so divisive right now. I've got to know how someone's brain ticks. Mm. Um, And so I think it's, and, and I want I, I want to be invitational. I've been, you know, specifically our conversations, Will, you've been so invitational, right? And that's not true with everybody. Some people, when, when we don't see things the same way, they're like, well, you're wrong. And <laughs> what I appreciate is what's helpful for me is when you're invitational in your approach. And that's true. I want to be like that with others. Someone might listen to our message on a Sunday or Tuesday or whatever it might be, and they might be like, I totally disagree in what you talked about. I'm like, dude, I'm honored that you would even listen. Um, <laughs> And, you know, I, I, I just want to be that, that invitational um, person and I want to uh, be that curious follower as well. 
So love it. Yeah, that's incredible. And I I know uh, our listeners right here are. Um, they're just so disappointed that they can't ask you a question like we get to ask. But the great part is you can always email us at, what is it, Will? I don't know. Well, yes, you do. No, what is it? What is oh. the point? What is what is the point? At, at northpointchurch.tv. North he says it so we fast. Got there. I don't I we got there. <laughs> we what got is, there. What is the point at northpointchurch.tv? Longest email you'll ever have to no, type in. Honestly, yeah. just, uh, just DM us. But I mean, That also works. Just yes. DM us. You can always do that. And here's the deal. We, we can pass those on to Jeremy. And what's great is I know he can talk about him on the riff and do his thing. And uh, you won't go unnoticed and unknown. Uh, we'll get those hit. But I'll throw it out there. Another email, Jeremy J at Jer- northpointchurch.tv. <laughs> that actually goes to me. Oh, wow. If you have a question for me, um, I mean, it's not as long. Maybe what is Jeremy J at northpointchurch.com? <laughs> I'm working on a longer email. What you is should. Um, Harder to find. Yes. Yeah. Well, I'd love to hear questions. <laughs> well, I'll toss it up. Uh, one last question for Jeremy uh, before we say sayonara. Yeah. I, I, I think. Well, I don't think I know this because I've been going to North Point for some time, but we're all about next steps. Yeah. Um, and I think, speaking candidly here, sometimes it's hard for me to feel like I have a next step, and I know that's not true because I know that we all do. Cussing. We talked about it. <laughs> <laughs> L- limit it from 1,000 to 5 yeah. this month. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We all have something. You know, We all have our things. Um, I just am a little more vulnerable than you guys. That's all. And just that's fine. Vocal. That's fine. No, yeah, that's right. Vulgar is what the word you're looking for. <laughs> <laughs> One of those. Um, anyway, so I think, you know, especially for those um, newer to faith, maybe sometimes yeah. it's, there's just, maybe not that it's easier, but it's more apparent what my next step might be, right? right? I might, I need to jump in community. I need to um, start a routine. But what would you say to, to somebody who is just like, you know, maybe I, I'm in a community group or I'm serving somewhere. Maybe I'm even tithing, but I still just am kind of feeling at this place where I'm a little stagnant or I just don't know what my next step might be. Um, and I know that's a broad spectrum, right? Yeah. But what would you say for somebody who's just kind of feeling stuck or maybe feeling like they don't know what their next step is? It's a great question. And I, I, I really do think um, a key for um, having longevity mm-hmm. in an attractional um a mission for Jesus is having continuous next steps. Mm-hmm. Um, the moment I feel like I've arrived is when I've died, right? Mm-hmm. And so, so what I need to understand is every single day I need to look at something and say, okay, how can I become more like Jesus in this area? Mm. And so maybe, so obviously we're always going to have some basic next steps on cards and any type of service setting because there's some basic Christianity one-on-one things mm-hmm. that'll help you get traction in your faith. But if you've been doing this for a long time, for me, like if I look at those cards, there's not necessarily a box that I check, um, but there, there are things like, okay, maybe a next step for me is I've got to get to know three neighbors that I don't know because mm. how in the world can I be... Uh, a reflection to them if I don't know them. Right. It could be, I've got to read a book on politics from the other side. <laughs> that could be a ne- spiritual next step. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. I mean, really, like, like for, for yeah. real, is like, what area do you feel you have arrogance in? Mm. What area do you feel you have um, uh, poor traction in? Mm. And make it a next step. And, and so... If, if every day I wake up and I say, because it's not about more, it's not about, okay, now I'm going to go from 30 minutes a day praying to 40 minutes. I'm like, mm-hmm. When's enough enough? It's not about more. It's about how do I reflect Jesus 
in a unique way. Mm-hmm. And um, so I would just challenge everyone, take it out of like a churchy type of vibe of next step and think, okay, what's an area in your life you really are curious or you need mm-hmm. curiosity? Um, take that step. And, um, and for me, like right now, I, I feel like, okay, um, I used to play a lot of tennis um, and, and I had a club, I had a league and I would uh, have a lot of, of uh, relationships that were new there that were not church, not connected. And it mm-hmm. was a very easy opportunity for me um, to share my life with them, mm-hmm. to spend uh, time, extended time, like on trips and stuff with them. And, and I stopped playing a couple of years ago. Um, and, and so that, that became, um, a void in my life now is I've got to be very intentional now. What Mm -hmm. is my next opportunity to rub shoulders, Mm -hmm. um, intentionally with people who don't know Jesus? I've got to figure that out. Otherwise I become this stagnant, um, uh, follower of Jesus. That's not having an impact. So for me, that's a current next step is where am I going to have ongoing relationship Mm -hmm. connection that I can reflect Jesus with unchurched? I love that. So I think like what I'm hearing is it sometimes our next step isn't just about us. (laughs) It isn't just about rarely. Yeah. It's your next step. So really, I mean, that's huge. Yeah. Even if it's something about us, it's, it's, um, it might be about us so that God can use, do something through us, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like I need to change something in my life so I'm a less distracting representation right. of Jesus sometimes, or I'm just stuck. But yeah, it's, it's how do I get those arrows out? How do I get those arrows out, right? Mm-hmm. Um, um, so I, I also want to say this, since, since there's a microphone here, um, <laughs> I, I really believe, I mean, this is an area, and I know we have young adults, we have people who are in their career, we have people who are just out of high school and everything in between. We have people in, in uh, the university setting. We have, um, I think I, I heard it was over 40,000 um, young adults uh, in the school settings uh, in universities. Uh, within a 20-minute drive of here, we have probably triple that um, uh, in that age range that are already in their careers or doing something uh, besides uh, education. We just have a whole lot of uh, influence in this community. We got a young area in the middle of old America. We've got a young movement. Mm-hmm. Um, we got a, a great, um, our culture is fresh because of the age group of how many thousands of young adults live in this area. Mm-hmm. And I believe if we're healthy as a church, we are going to have healthy followers of Jesus mm-hmm. taking leadership roles in those areas uh, and that not having anything to do with a church setting. Um, but it's going to have a lot to do with a work setting, with a school setting. How do we have healthy followers of Jesus who are uh, moving and shaking in our community? I love that. And at the same time, as a church, we want to have a thriving presence of young adults. Um, not because it's a goal, it's because it's who our community is. And so I love um I love our young adults ministry. I love our leaders. I love our volunteers. I love the opportunity that we have here in the next couple of years. I see um, that this isn't a great opportunity to be part of a church. I think this is the church. Mm-hmm. And, um, and and so I'm excited to see what God's going to do. Well, I'm just thankful. You've been such a great advocate for it since day mm-hmm. one. Uh, just saying, what do you need? What do you need? What do you need? And um, I don't think a lot of this would be birthed without your generosity and open-handed approach where I know not all churches are met that way. So, uh, but very, very thankful for you. Thankful for your leadership. You've challenged and shaped uh, Mm -hmm. all of us at this table. And we are honored that you would spend some time on 
what is the riff? What is the point today? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. The crossover. What is the, the point crossover, crossover riff yeah. today? And yeah. Uh, yeah, we we appreciate it. Thank you. Hey, Thanks. glad glad to be here. Thanks for having me. And uh, that's all. Never. Then here's one last thing. This is free. Never end a sentence with the word "end" or "but" because it forces you to say something. If you weren't prepared to say something, then it's awkward. And I just did right. that. Right. So, uh, that's all I have to say. But. Ah, communications. Yeah, communications uh, I was going to say, and just grammatically speaking, you're not supposed to end a sentence in a prepositional phrase. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but you didn't see his eyes. He closed it. it. He closed it with yeah. his eyes. <laughs> you just didn't see it. So uh, we love you guys. We'll see you next week. Peace. I love you too. See you. <laughs>